Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Uh, It's a Wednesday. We are rolling, ready to go. We'll try to top yesterday. It'll be very, very hard. It's the herd, wherever you may be. However, you may be listening. Thanks for making us part of your day. Are you still battling with KD, J-Mac? Are you still fighting and throwing elbows? And I, I, I don't do that. I don't operate like that. I mean, listen, somebody tried to tell me you can't just climb in the ring with Ali because I'm really good at sparring <laughs> and opinions. I can't just let KD in here. But uh, listen, it's been, a, it's been an interesting week, let's just say that. A very interesting week. J-Mac and KD sparring. What happens when I like both? I don't want to pick sides. <laughs> I like them both. <laughs> um, so we're all more excited and more loyal to things that we find. Right? Like you go to a garage sale and you get there kind of early and you find like an old chair and you're like, $4? This thing's like 30, 40, 50, 60 years old. You talk yourself into it. I bet you Queen Elizabeth sat in this chair. No, it was an old lady named Elizabeth, but she wasn't a queen. She lives right down the street. She got tired of the chair. Uh, but you're loyal to it because you found it. You got a deal on it. You're like, oh, love that. It's my find. We're all like that. Here's a story this morning. The Lakers are a lock to keep Austin Reeves, and it could create major camp issues. Mark Stein reports they'll pay whatever it takes to keep the player they found undrafted last two years, but a nice player for the Lakers. Are the Lakers getting delusional because they found him and because he plays well with LeBron? So did Matthew Dellavedova. So let's play a game we often play in the NFL with quarterbacks. So let's put up Austin Reeves' numbers for you. Last two years with the Lakers, he averages 10 a game, 2.6 assists, 
is not necessarily a dead-eye shooter, 36% from uh, three. Uh, the guy will put up a blind resume. The other guy averages more and shoots better, not quite as many assists. Would you create major camp issues for that guy? Who is that guy? Grayson Allen. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not creating major camp issues for Grayson Allen. Let's do it again. Let's play the game, the blind resume game again. Austin Reeves. His plus minus is like uh, 72nd in the NBA. That's with LeBron and Anthony Davis. 10 points, 2.5 assists, 36% shooting. Now, this guy is clearly not as good an offensive player. Who is he? Patrick Beverly. Better defensive player. Most of you can't stand Patrick Beverly. I like him. I think he's annoying. So let's do it again. The Lakers reportedly going to create potential camp issues for Austin Reeves. This guy averages less, but basically is the same player. One bucket less per game. And this player is Mac McClung, who can jump really high. Let's do one more. Again, this is what the story is. Mark Stein reporting the Lakers are going to outbid everybody for Austin Reeves. This guy is clearly a better shooter, slightly better score. This guy's Austin Reeves, but a bit more refined offensively. Would you create major cap space issues for... Kelly Olenek. Guys, everybody's more loyal to what they find. You ever go out with a friend, you see like a garage band or an indie band, and you're like, dude, these guys are the next doors. You're like, maybe screen doors. They're, they're, they're okay. 82 people were at the concert. Are the Lakers falling in love with a kid because they found him? Garage sale prices. I mean, if you're going to be a max player, you got to give me some max qualities. Is his size unique? No. Is his shooting unique? No. <laughs> Is his athleticism the kind of player you'd create max issues for? No. He plays well with LeBron. Again, so did Matthew Dellavedova, who got paid. And where is he? Also, Austin Reeves is 25 because he stayed in college forever. So as a young player, you're like, you know, he's really pretty heady for a young player. That's because he's four years older than a lot of these 19, 20, 21-year-olds who are making mistakes. He stayed at Oklahoma forever. I like Austin Reeves. But people are always more loyal to the things they find. It feels special. You had the eye of a baseball scout. I'm the same way. I remember a couple, it was about 10 years ago, 12 years ago, I was so proud of myself because I called it. I said, I'm going to tell you a player in the draft that nobody's ever seen play. I just fell upon him named T.Y. Hilton. He was a wide receiver for like a directional school in Florida or something. And they played Alabama, and I got some highlights. And I'm like, damn, he's beating Alabama corners. I must have talked about that thing 100 times. There's going to be a guy in the draft named T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton had a good career. I think he's still playing. But I... Obviously, I felt really empowered because, like, nobody talked about him before the draft. And that's my point. I like Austin Reeves. Ten points a game, not a dead-eye shooter. Lakers clearly do not trust him as a point guard. That's why there was Chris Paul rumors. LeBron most of the time has the ball. LeBron had a bad shooting year, so you got to give LeBron the ball because he beats everybody off the dribble, meaning Austin Rivers uh, uh, often on the floor with LeBron will play off ball. He's not a great shooter. Doesn't have great size. Doesn't have great twitchiness. His ability is for a young guy, plays well with LeBron, creates contact, gets to the free throw line. I like him, but I got to love guys. You got to give me something max ability, max size, max shooting to create cap 
discomfort. All right, saw this. So Bill Barnwell, ESPN guy, really, really good. Uh, he created a list. He's been doing this for years. That he, that he rates, as the league has pivoted to offense, he rates NFL teams based on wide receiver, tight end, and running backs. And um, what's really interesting, I'll give you the top 12 and see if you notice anything in the top 12. Okay, for our radio audience, I'll name them. San Francisco, Cincinnati, Philly, Seattle, Chargers, Vikings, Cowboys, Dolphins, Jags, Falcons, Raiders, Browns. Do you notice anything? 10 of 12 have an offensive coach. Offensive coaches convince GMs to draft more elite offensive guys in free agency, sign more offensive guys, and they also have an ability to develop at a higher level offensive guys. I believe, uh, I believe, as I've said several times, this is the number one cultural change happening in pro football. In, in basketball, it was small ball. It was three ball. It was analytics, right? Baseball, same thing. Home run strikeouts. Don't worry about, don't worry about strikeouts, fly ball out. Just swing for the fences. In a sport that's changed rules due to that gigantic check they had to write years ago, CTE, Made the game much safer, no hitting upstairs, less violent. It's good for the league, good for betting, good for fantasy, good for TV ratings. Also, for the five top defensive payrolls in the NFL, defensive coaches. And what has happened in the NFL, I think you'd be surprised. Most coaching contracts, you have no idea how much Belichick makes. In college, it's different. We all know what Saban makes, Harbaugh makes, Lincoln Riley makes. NFL Head coaches make a fortune. But you don't know how much Andy Reid makes. You don't know how much Belichick makes. But let me tell you, the contracts for the top NFL coaches now, the McVeighs, the Shanahans, the Reeds, the Belichicks, it's somewhere between 9 and $16 million. And the GMs still make a million and a half. So who do you think the owner writing the check is going to listen to? He's going to listen to the coach on draft day. McVeigh has the power in the room, not less need. Shanahan, huge power. Zach Taylor, increasing power. So as coaches make more, it's like any corporate synergy. Two guys in a room, two women in a room, one making seven times more. The guy writing the check, who does he see more valuable? So increasingly, if you do not have the ability to draft and develop offense, you're like a cash business in 2023. You're like an all-cash business. First, I can't take you seriously. Second, there's limitations how great you'll be. That's nothing against Pete Carroll. That's nothing against Mike Tomlin or Sean McDermott. Ten of the top 12, running backs, tight ends, wide receivers, offensive coaches. By the way, the bottom of the rankings, three of the bottom four, defensive coaches. The middle of it, 13 to 22, is littered with defensive coaches. And so as coaches have made more, have more power, they are able to lean in the owner, lean in the war room, lean pre-draft, free agency, and get their guys. And they're winning their divisions and winning playoff games and getting to the Super Bowl. It is the cultural change in the sport. Bill Barnwell, check it out today. Ten of the top 12 offensive coaches. Belichick Brady, all those years, never had dinner. The reality is it's a different language. They go different ways in the locker room. Defensive guys often are best friends with defensive guys. Offensive guys, friends, the quarterback with receivers. Offensive linemen. 
Look at Brady's career. Gronk, close to. Offensive lineman. Edelman. Guys he was taking to the Derby. Wasn't mostly defensive guys. All right. A lot of st- Yesterday I was, uh, it was sad. It was hurtful. I was mocked on the show. I didn't love it. But uh, I, I will fire back. Usually if somebody is great, we understand he's great. But there is a, there is a person in professional football in America who is great. And I'm not sure we get how great he is. Uh, we'll talk about that coming up. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I ate really late last night. Really late, J-Mac. Like 9 o'clock at night. Never do that. You ate at 9 o'clock? Nine. Oh, never a do salad that. again? No. Oh. Is Pasta. this how you stumbled onto that Austin Reeves take? <laughs> Goodness gracious. I got buddies, tech, Lakers fans, like, is Coward losing his mind? Has he looked at Reeves' playoff stats? Did he watch the Nuggets oh, series? 
the playoff stats. He's got a lot of those. He had a great playoff run. <laughs> you know, you know what he shot? He shot fifty-six percent on threes against the Nuggets. Only four games, but then maybe that's because the Nuggets concentrated on stopping the two really elite players, AD and LeBron, and left Austin Reeves open to shoot. Yeah, yeah, sixteen points per game in the playoffs. Like, by the way, way above his average for a twenty-four-year-old. Pretty. Damn good, if I don't say so myself. Okay. Did I get that right? Yesterday, it was a very <laughs> hurtful day for me. I came out with my top 10 quarterback coaching combos, and after reading Mahomes, uh, I, I thought it was reasonable. I wasn't, I didn't think it was nuts. Sean McVay, Stafford got crushed. Uh, but Sean Payton, Russell Wilson uh, really set the fellows off, J-Mac and, and Nick Wright. He, here was Nick yesterday bashing my top 10. No, you can't put that out there and then just, I, I, we have to, you just gave your 10 best American cities and you had Fairbanks, Alaska and Bentonville, Arkansas, two and three. Like, huh? Like, wait a second here. First of all, did Brandon Staley defraud a family member of yours or something? <laughs> His quarterback is Justin Herbert, a guy who I think you picked to win the division last year and you don't even have him in the top 10. Russell Wilson and Sean Payton are number three on your list? Give me a come on, man. Okay, so let me ask you a question. Have you ever had a peanut butter and tuna fish sandwich? No, you haven't. But yet you probably love peanut butter, and you may very well like tuna. It's a bad fit. So let's look at Russell Wilson's entire career takeaway last year with a defensive coach, mind you, but a good coach, Pete Carroll, very good coach. Holy moly, 65% completion percentage, 102 passer rating. I mean, that, that literally is one of the highest in the history of the league. Touchdowns to interceptions, like 387. Holy moly. And then let's look at one year with Nathaniel Hackett. Oh, he was terrible. You think maybe that was part of it and that Sean Payton could correct it? Bad fits can take really talented people and pull them down. So now let's look. I'm going to give you Sean Payton's history. And I'm not going to give you Drew Brees, Hall of Fame quarterback. I'm going to get you two people. One turnover machine, Jameis Winston. <laughs> not a bust. I argued that once with you. Not a bust. Productive, but just you, you can't build a franchise around him. How did he do with Sean Payton in 2021? And then Teddy Bridgewater, who's kind of chronically hurt, small. So Jameis Winston, turnover machine in 2021 under Sean Payton, 14 touchdowns, three picks, and one of the higher passer ratings, 102.8 in the league. That's Jameis Winston, a guy you can't build around. Let's go to Teddy Bridgewater, who I like, but a passer rating of 99, 5-0, 68% completion percentage. I'm not giving you Drew Brees. I'm giving you Teddy and Jameis. You think he and Russell Wilson are going to be pretty good together? I want you to think about this. So Andy Reid has young, healthy, mobile, huge arm, arm angle Patrick Mahomes. So every offseason, what does Andy Reid do? Adds to the playbook. The last five years with Drew Brees, smaller, undersized, injured, not mobile, and couldn't throw the deep ball. Every year, his last five years with Breeze, he took plays out. Yeah, we can't run that. We can't run that. Despite that, the New Orleans Saints, 
Sean Payton's last five years with Breeze. Number one scoring offense in the league. Number one total offense in the league. He didn't have Mahomes' arm, Mahomes' escapability, Justin Herbert's size, Josh Allen's enormity, Lamar Jackson's twitchiness. He didn't have any of those. He had an old, undersized guy that couldn't throw deep anymore. Now, Breeze was never hyper-mobile, but he was super athletic, more athletic than you'd think early in his career. Guy could play tennis, golf, basketball. Drew Breeze was like Tony Romo, was good at everything. But at the end, he was old, beat up, undersized, no deep ball. And the Saints led the NFL half a decade. Like Andy Reid's adding stuff because Mahomes can do anything. Josh Allen can do anything. Herbert can do almost anything. Burrow can do a lot. With Breeze, they were taking stuff out every year. They still led the NFL on offense, scoring. So th- this idea is you can love peanut butter and tuna. Don't put them together. Nathaniel Hackett is a position coach. I don't even think he's an elite coordinator. It's hard, to, it's hard to reconcile the Aaron Rodgers stuff with him because Aaron kind of does what Aaron wants to. We knew that with McCarthy. <laughs> Robert Sala will find that out. Aaron's going to do what Aaron wants to do. I mean, yesterday we had uh, Logan Ryan on the show, and he said facing Aaron Rodgers, Aaron had libs a lot. Tom doesn't. Gets to the line, sees the problems, gets rid of it quickly, hyper-efficient. You kind of know where the ball is going with Tom. You just can't get to it. With Aaron... Aaron leaves openings. Aaron ad-libs. He did with McCarthy. He'll do it with Sala. He did it with Hackett. So I think Hackett could be, nice guy, he could be just a position coach, elevated OC, then given a head coaching spot, and it was a disaster. So we'll see how it goes in New York. Again, Aaron's going to do what Aaron's going to do, and that's fine. I mean, a lot of guys. John Elway battled with coaches, too. John was going to do mostly what John wanted to do. That's okay. But um, if you don't understand how good Sean Payton is, and what he was dealing with at the end, you're, you're missing something. This thing's going to work. To the level it works, I don't know. It's going to work quickly. Jay Mack with the news. No, 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 no. Turn on the news. This is the Herdline News. We bagged on the New York Giants a lot this offseason with their contract to the quarterback Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley hasn't been paid. Well, Barkley and the Giants have until July 17th so we got about, what, three weeks to get a long-term deal done. He skipped the team's offseason program, but that doesn't mean he hasn't been keeping up with teammates. Daniel Jones, a.k.a. Danny Dimes, said the two have been in contact as much as possible. Saquon is always working hard. He's always going to be in good shape. He's always going to look good. Anyone who has been around him is going to expect that from him. We're, talk- we're, taking all the to- we're talking all the time, staying in touch, getting together when we can. I know he's got a lot going on, and I really hope the two sides can come together. I'm sure you saw the Instagram video of Saquon Barkley like jumping and exploding with the speed. Like he looks, he looks ready to contribute. Oh, he's a great player. He's ready to get a contract. Logan Ryan was so good on our show yesterday. He said the giant stuff doesn't work without Saquon because Saquon sucks you in, so it allows Daniel Jones these holes, these gaps in coverage. And, you know, he he said it on the air. He's like, this thing's not going to work without Saquon. You're going to ask Daniel Jones to have to make harder throws. With Saquon, he's been okay. So I, I still fall back on take the two Viking games out. That was a hideous defense. That's even with Dayball what you're kind of stuck with. The, the Giants, by the way, don't have great weapons. They have a great running back. They have a great left tackle. Uh, and they receiving core is not very good. Uh, tight end, no. Let Evan Ingram go. So um, some of it is they don't have a ton 
of great skill people, but don't kid yourself. They have a top five left tackle and a top three to four running back. It's not like they're bereft of talent. Well, the wide receivers are suspect. Yes. Uh, but Darren Waller was the big pickup they got. Now he when knows healthy, he's had very some good. injuries. Yeah. Uh, if he can stay healthy, but you're right. Like these receivers, Isaiah Hodgkins, no, Darius it's a, Slayton, it's, Paris Campbell. It's a it's a bottom six seven. You know that's, that's why when people bag on Justin Fields, I'm like, he's got Mooney. Yeah. I mean, he's got like DJ Moore. No, no, Fields has better weapons for by sure. By far. But uh, we'll see. Uh, you know, Wandale Robinson looked good in spurts. Like yes. they've got some decent twos and threes. Yeah. Uh, but without Saquon, you're right. This uh, this looks bleak. I think it'll get done. Um, next up, let's stay in the NFC East. Jalen Hurts has quickly risen as one of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL. Offensive tackle Lane Johnson has played with a handful of quarterbacks during his time in Philly and spoke about what he thinks makes Hurts so special. You know, he's a unique player. Yeah, just having that guy, uh, it really gets into the mind of the defense. Um, you know, gets in the linebacker's head. It affects coverages. Uh, it really changes a lot of the things for the game. And so I feel like for almost alignment, it does make it easier. It makes it really tough for, the, for defenders to be right. I just think his maturity uh, for his age is, is exceptional. But, man, he, he does a good job with, uh, with getting our guys fired up. And, uh, you know, really when he speaks, a lot of, a lot of substance is in it. So, uh, yeah, man, I, I just continue to see him climbing and climbing. He's, he's rocky. I mean, he really is so perfect for Philadelphia. He is the overlooked, smaller you know, the classic, he's the classic Rocky athlete for them. Like, stars in Philadelphia, mixed bag. But when you get this kind of athlete, Lane Johnson, by the way, was DMing me yesterday because I threw some smoke at. Is he coming on the show or no? Yeah, he comes on the show every year. He's yeah. great. He's the best right tackle last 10 well, years. I think in the coming league. up soon, he's coming on the show. I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, Lane's great. Lane, it, I mean, there's only two or three right tackles in football that we even discussed. Tristan Wirfs is great. Lane Johnson's great. Halverstein, the guy with the Rams, pretty damn good. But I mean, to be a to be a name at right tackle, you have to be substantial. And I and I think one of the things he points out with Jalen Hurts is what did he say? Smart, substantive, substance, not a lot of flash. By the way, did uh, they, they, they? I think they upgraded at running back, if that's possible. DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny. They're better than the previous guys. They're explosive as hell. I Rashad mean, Penny, can be Penny massive. is never available. He's not. When he's good, he's good. He he's has breakaway speed. Good. He really is. He was a San Diego State. I remember watching him at college. Yeah. And I'm like, how did nobody in the Pac-12 recruit this kid? Yeah. Uh, he's really good. And, I mean, he'll make you miss. They drafted him in the first round. Bit of a reach, but Pete Carroll wanted him first round. And I think they liked him, but they got now two young running backs. He was just never available. So Philadelphia the- rolled the dice on availability. By the way, Swift, similarly brilliant but sometimes not available. What about the fact that Hertz was playing for a contract last year against an easy schedule? Now they play first-place schedule. He's got his contract. I'm yeah, not saying he's going to get complacent. No, no, I don't worry about him. You think there will be a little pullback in the stats, Not right? by him, huh. but there's two things you can't deny. Shane Steichen was the secret sauce to the offense beyond Hertz. Yeah. This, this Nick Sariani first seven, eight games before they gave Steichen the play calling, they were a bit of a mess. He just left. So they went a year and a half where they were invincible outside of the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. They were blowing teams out. Well, the guy that called those is gone. The second thing is, look at Philadelphia's schedule. Week four to week 10, toughest in the league. It's just a parade of Hall of Fame level quarterbacks. You're not going to win half of those, 60% of those. All right, final story is uh, in the NBA. LeBron has been open about his desire to play with his son, Bronny who is headed to USC and going to be eligible for the NBA draft next June. ESPN did an early mock draft for 2024. 
And Bronny is going 17th to the Atlanta there's Hawks. Been, but there's been so much. Can I just throw this out there? There's been a lot of negativity because LeBron's polarizing. I've heard so many people say this guy's no good. This guy's no good. So he's 17th now. Well, don't you think? I, uh, I'm going to go with he's going to be a pretty good player. Yes, I would agree. He's going to be. Uh, by the way, remember Evan Mobley, USC. So Mobley went from second round to first round to lottery pick in about six months. And I, the the coach of USC. Andy? Yeah. Yeah, Andy Edfield had, had told me, he said, I've never been around a player who got better faster. He's like, man, this guy, like like every month we're like, he's better than last month. Don't you think Bronny, the IQ, being around dad, I mean, you know, don't you think, think he's going to rise from 17 to probably 9, he, 10, he 11? Could, USC's going to be very good next year. Very good. Um, they got a they got a strong roster. He won't. There's not going to be pressure on him other than oh, I got to go see Bronny play because he's not like the number one option. Not going to be number two. Yeah. I don't even know if he's going to be the number three option. So he could be fit in as a role player and with no pressure, be very very good. I mean, the guy's he's a nice player, man. Well, he looks he, smooth. But I mean, again, what do I know? But when I watch him, he, I can see elements of his dad. He can use his left hand. He's really good. You know, like he's if, a sniper. Yeah, yeah. No, if you watch him. You can tell dad played, and dad was a smart player. Like, there's elements to his game that aren't as dynamic. I mean, he's not a wildly dynamic. I mean, he's obviously athletic, but his game is, there's a lot of little details and minutia yeah. and basketball he's stuff. He's a cerebral high IQ player. Yes, you the, watch his game. It's like you hang around LeBron. and, the and tough, You know what the toughest part is? Being LeBron's son. Remember, Michael Jordan, uh, one of his kids, I think, went to UCF back in the day. And all the pressure was, oh, it's Michael Jordan's son. And you're never going to be as good as Michael Jordan, obviously. And there's a big burden for Bronny to deal with. But I'll definitely be rooting for him. And uh, yeah, I mean, the story I, of LeBron and his son playing together next I, season is just awesome. Like, the potential for that is I mean, exciting. I will go to a USC basketball game. Yeah, what if dad you, would not want that to happen? I just think I, I've heard so many can't play, can't play. My gut feeling is, first of all, a lot of people are late developers. Like, second of all, if LeBron's your dad and the way he plays, I mean, I, I'm sorry, he's going to get better. My gut feeling is Bronny will never get in the way of Bronny, and half these young guys get in the way of themselves. They don't have good groups around them, good people, good advice, John Morant. Like, this kid's never going to get in the way of himself. That alone, smart, cerebral, ascending, no issues. Coachable. I, I bet you he ends up being a top 10, 12 pick. I, I would not rule out a, a, a deep run in the NCAA tournament next year for USC and Bronny. And that, that'll be a fun spot. You know the NCAA, I'm just telling you, they're going to be good next year. Well, they, they also got a kid, Isaiah. So they, they landed uh, uh, a, Yeah, they landed one of the top recruits in the nation. They have a, a big kid, Kijani Wright, who was like a uh, like an Olympian-level yeah. uh, player in the uh, youth teams. He's like a 6'9". He works out at my gym. Played some five-on-five five with him on the court. He's good. Uh, you know, Drop-step dunks and stuff on small guys like me. But uh, I like USC next year. Sleeper, Final 14. J-Mac with the news. Well, that's the news. And thanks for stopping by. The Herd Lie News. So, you know... Because the NBA draft is a bunch of 18, 19, 20-year-olds, much more than the NFL draft or a baseball draft, so much of it is about who are you surrounded with. Like, I'm not just drafting you. I'm drafting dad. I'm drafting your people. That's why the NBA's tried to do a really good job of getting groups, the Nikes, the Adidas, uh, the right agent. They're kind of funneling you to people that can help elevate you, protect you, shield you. I mean, Bronny grew up with that. 
So you don't have to worry about any of that nonsense that gets young guys in trouble. Every draft, there's three or four guys you're like, I really like them, but man, they just make bad decisions. You're never going to get any of that with Brawny. I think it'll be good. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Paulie Fusco here with Tony Fusco. Yo. Of course, you know us as the host of the number one rated show in all of sports talk, the Paulie and Tony Fusco Show. Yeah. Now, the suits at Fox Sports Radio gave us this airtime because they wanted us to tell you how great our show is. Why? Yeah, instead of us doing that, let's just let our millions of fans do the talking. Yeah, play the tape. You don't know crap about sports. Why am I even on this crap? Whoa, 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 whoa. That's the wrong tape. Wrong tape. Just forget that. Look, listen to the Paulie and Tony Fusco Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Tonight on FS1, the CONCACAF Gold Cup continues as the defending champion U.S. men's national team takes on St. Kitts and Nevis. It all kicks off tonight at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 Pacific on FS1 and the Fox Sports app. So uh, I'll pull the curtain back a little. I uh, Like a lot of kids who are a child of divorce, and I was one of those, right? And uh, so, you know, mom and dad yelling, screaming, all that stuff. So, you know, after years and years and years, you go to therapy, blah, blah, blah. I'm fine, uh, done fine. But, but I know that one of the things I had to get through as a child of divorce is I just, I avoided chaos and yelling and screaming at all times. Uh, sometimes it benefited me, sometimes it didn't. I was not, it took me a long time to get comfortable with discomfort, right? When you're, you're a kid, you're five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10, yell, parents are yelling, screaming. It's just every night you're in your bunk bed or something or wherever you're at, it, you just can't deal with chaos. So I had to go to a lot of therapy, get through it, blah, blah, blah. The, but I still think it, there's part of me that seeks boring and repetition. I like to know I, I'm, I'm not a wild adventurer. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I've a bungee jumped here, there, but, but by and large, I'm boring. And I'm a, I'm a fan of boring. Uh, because I like repetition. I'm a creature of habit. So when Devontae Adams left Green Bay, we view Green Bay as like Favre, Rodgers, and boring. They always draft defensive players. They don't go big in free agency. Devontae Adams left boring and efficient and predictable. Creatures of habit. They always draft a defensive player in the first round. Then they go offense. He left that for the Raiders. So the Raiders, since they lost in a Super Bowl, like 20, 21 years, been to the playoffs twice. Lost both times. Boom, out. They're basically a volcano with a logo. They're always bubbling under the surface. So a story today is Josh Jacobs, their star running back, could hold out. This after Jimmy Garoppolo failed a physical. This after the head coach in his first year had to meet with the owner behind closed doors. Mess. But he wanted to go home again, Devontae Adams. A third of the NFL, a third of it, is in annual perpetual chaos. I mean, Aaron Rodgers could be prickly and at times a little passive-aggressive. Not a lot of drama. There was no chaos in Green Bay. Be careful about leaving boring and predictable because Cleveland, the Jets, Washington, Raiders, Houston, Arizona, Chicago, there's drama always bubbling right below the surface. So it looked like when Devontae went there, you're like, ooh, they got some weapons. They got Josh Jacobs. They got a new offensive coach. They moved to a new city. There's a lot happening here. Look at their offseason. Just a mess. And now, now Josh Jacobs may not show up. So, again, since 2002, when they lost on a Super Bowl, what is that? Uh, we got 21 years. Playoffs twice. One and done. That's what they are. So I was thinking about this. Speaking of NFL, I was thinking about this. So we go back to that Bill Barnwell list, ESPN, smart guy. He rated one through 32 teams, receivers, tight ends, and running backs going into this season. And again, this wasn't that big of a deal 15 years ago, 25 years ago. It was a different league. But uh, it is uh, now an offensive league for the uh, aforementioned reasons. And so he has uh, the interesting team to me is the New England Patriots. So they are 26 on his list. They were also 26 last year and 27th the year before. Now, some of this, I'm going to try to be positive here. Some of it is explainable. They lost the best offensive line coach ever to retirement. 
Tom Brady left, and the best or top two or three offensive coordinator, Josh McDaniel. Whether you like him as a head coach, he was a great coordinator. They all left. That's what they call the the brain drain in corporations, where six or seven really good executives leave. Uh, You've heard about it in states where Midwestern kids go to the coast. States have what they call a brain drain. Uh, So they've had a brain drain overwhelmingly on one side of the ball. Uh, Not to mention the coaching staff and the executive suite has been raided by other NFL teams. So a lot of smart people have left. And a lot of them on the offensive side of the ball. So they've struggled to draft offense in terms of speed and perimeter, and that's what this list tells you. But it is interesting. Let me take the positive approach. I'm going to give you legendary coaches who bottomed out. They all rebounded. So Greg Popovich, post-Duncan, bottoms out. He just got Wemby and more cap space than anybody. Jim Harbaugh was forced to take a pay cut, told he had to make staff changes. Since then, he owns Ohio State. Phil Jackson, post Shaq, remember that? Barely above 500, lost in the first round. Then he got Pal Gasol, three years, two titles. Legends go backwards. If you go look at Nick Saban, what do they call that? The kick six against Auburn? First time he ever got heat. Boosters pulled back. He went and looked at the Texas job. Wife went house shopping. Since then, six title appearances. Harbaugh, Saban, Popovich, Phil Jackson. Even legends go backwards. Here's the thing about New England, which is why I think they're a bit undervalued. Third most sacks in the NFL. They do that well. They get pressure. That's a big thing in the league. Allowed the fewest rushing touchdowns in the NFL. They're very good situationally in the red zone. They had a top 10 scoring defense. They created the second most turnovers. Fourth in turnover differential. There's a lot of stuff they do well. Here's what they don't. Playmakers. And that's what Bill Barnwell's list is telling you. They just lack playmakers. It's why when DeAndre Hopkins came out, my takeaway was, I got a coach with six rings. Their O is at least adequate to above average on special teams. They get to the quarterback. They create turnovers. They don't turn it over. They're great situationally on defense in the red zone. And now they have a legitimate offensive coordinator familiar with the system running their offense. They do a lot well. They just have no playmakers. They don't draft it. They don't develop it. They had a brain drain offensively. So when I look at this, the list is telling you, how are they even competent? When you look at the team's bottom of that list, how are they competent? They're competent because they do so many things well. You start looking at teams that rank as lowly as they do in the skill position list. Colts, Panthers, Texans, Cardinals. And by the way, Giants snuck their way in. But one of the reasons both J-Mac and I think they'll pull back, they don't have enough playmakers. I mean, Saquon Barkley's not available. They got none. Tight end receiver back. They got none. So um, there is my positive spin on the New England Patriots. They do a lot well. They had a brain drain. Skarnekia, McDaniels, Brady, executives. But Popovich went backwards. Harp, Harp, everybody was, I'm telling you, outside of Joel Clatt and I, the world was bailing on Jim Harbaugh three years ago.
forced him to take a pay cut, had to make staff changes. He now has the most defined football program, arguably, along with Georgia in the country. You know exactly what Michigan does. They pound the ball. They play defense. It's ball control. Ohio State's got more talent. I'm not sure what they are. I know exactly what Michigan is. Legends go backwards. All these coaching led legends go backwards. And one of the things that happens in pro sports, and you see it in college sports, is when you are really, really good, people just start rating your coaching staff. I can remember when USC dominated college football. They had Sark. Somebody pulled him. They had Kiffin. Somebody pulled him. <laughs> like, you just can't keep your assistants. I saw it with Mac Brown. I saw it Urban Meyer in Florida. People just start cherry-picking. Nick Saban is somehow been able to stay atop the pile despite the fact he's gone through like nine offensive coordinators. You know, Kirby Smart, one of his coordinators finally is a great coach. A lot of them weren't. So Lane Kiffin now is stealing recruits. Kirby Smart stealing recruits. It's hard. You just lose really good people because your stature and your status is so great in the sport. So my takeaway is smart coaching. They got a good guy back in the building. They do a lot well. If they were in a lot of other divisions, I'd see them as a playoff team. I just think Miami is so dynamic offensively. If Tua is healthy, um, Miami just has uh, – Miami's literally could give half of their playmakers to New England and still be a playoff team. So Miami's kind of figured it out with an offensive coach. Speed, playmakers, much less pressure on Tua. O-line's not great, but they get rid of the ball in that system, that offense fast. So I think we both agree this, though. Whoever you like in this division, it's the best division in football now. AFC East is the best division in football. That that little rant, Colin, um, it got me thinking, what politician said lipstick on a pig? Because that's what that was about the New England Patriots. I did look up their defense. So they were third overall in DVOA, the most important defensive metric. Third, right? That sounds great. Okay, let's dig a little deeper. So I'm looking at their wins last year. All right. Okay, I don't remember all these quarterbacks, but, but they, you can help but they me with do it. count as wins. Yeah, yeah. Here, here's who they beat. So they beat Mitch Trubisky mm -hmm. in week two. He ended up getting benched for Pickett. Then they beat Jared Goff at home. Jared Goff outdoors. They beat the Browns in Cleveland. I don't remember. Was that Deshaun Watson? They smoked him, but it doesn't matter. No, I don't the think Browns he played. He didn't, then they he beat the Jets in a Zach Wilson game or a Mike White. It doesn't matter. That quarterback stunk. Then they beat the Colts. I think that was Sam Ellinger. So you're detecting a pattern here, right? Okay. The defense was great in all these wins. They beat the Jets again. That was the game where it was 3-3. Five seconds left, punt, return, touchdown. Okay? Then they beat the Arizona Cardinals. I don't even think that was Kyler Murray late in the season, was it? Very, <laughs> very viable. By Colt McCoy. Then they beat the Dolphins in week 16, and that was not Tua. I think it was Skyler Thompson, right? Did, wasn't it Skyler Thompson? Don't so remember. bottom line, they beat a lot of bad quarterbacks okay. last year. A lot. A ton. And then you look at their losses. And they're getting smoked, and they're giving up 30 points to anybody who's good. This defense is overrated big time. That whole ramble, lipstick on a pig. That's what it was for the New England Patriots. <laughs> just for fun, go to the Eagles schedule. Just, just for okay. fun. Just for fun. Just, just, I, this is a, a think exercise. I don't know what it's going to say. But tell me the quarterbacks they beat. All right. Well, let's, let's just, just go still, through it. Now, again, I don't remember every quarterback that started. Mm -hmm. I mean, they got 13 wins. We got a lot of quarterbacks. Let's, to just, go let's just go through yeah. a few of them. So they beat the Lions in week one, Goff, 38 35. Where was that game at? That was in Detroit. So they basically survived. No, no, they were Detroit. up big and then held mm -hmm. on. Okay. Like, all right. Okay. All right. Then they beat the Vikings at Kirk Cousins. Cousins vomited all over himself. Remember, primetime game. Mm -hmm. uh, Washington Commanders would mm -hmm. have been Carson Wentz, maybe? 
Might as well have been Sonny Jenkins. Jacksonville, they beat Trevor Lawrence, a playoff Mm. quarterback. Mm. Arizona, I think that was Kyler early in the season. They beat Dak Prescott. Okay. They whooped up on the Steelers, Texans, Colts, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, they they smoked him. All right. Uh, oh no, wait, that might have been the game yeah. that Jordan Love came it was in. Aaron's worst year. Go ahead. What? Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, Tennessee Titans doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. New York Giants. They beat mm-hmm. twice and they mm-hmm. beat the Bears. So something of a pattern, but <laughs> but <laughs> no, I mean thirteen wins and uh, you know Trevor Lawrence is no, in there. I mean, Dak they, Prescott. They, it's, they beat Dak, and they. I'm just saying is if you win a lot of games in the league, it's it's shocking how often you beat crappy quarterbacks. Fair baseball. We'll be back. Hour two next. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.